What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Low Kick MMA UFC Fight Night Smith vs. Rakic recap show. I'm your host, Ryan Galloway, and joining me is Jordan Ellis. Jordan, how you been, mate? Yeah, I've been fine. How have you been? Not too bad. This card this morning, I, I woke up on time for the card to start, and as has been common trend every week, a, a fight's fallen out. It's been pushed back 30 minutes. Had to have a wait before the fight, so that wasn't the best. But, you know, those prelims on the early prelims pretty good. So, overall, this card was pretty decent. What do you think? Yeah, it was good. There was lots of finishes and, you know, lots of standout performances and it was, it was a good card. And then, you know, obviously as, as it dragged on, mm. it went as good, you know, Absolutely. we're not living up to over to his name. But we thought he had a lot of action and, um, you know, I'm sure most fans walk away happy from this one. For sure. It was a fast starter, that's for sure. A lot of finishes straight up. I think there was four finishes straight away. The first four fights were finishes. And then every fight after was a unanimous decision. So it was just a drag and then there. But we'll jump into the main event, seeing as that was the biggest fight of the night, obviously, between Anthony Smith and Alexander Rakic. And this was meant to show, is Rakic ready to jump into the top people in the division? Is he prepared for that? And is Smith still got it? Does Smith belong at the top of the division? And I think we answered one of those questions, and that was Smith doesn't belong at the top anymore. What he did in that performance was pretty lackluster, right? I, I don't think anyone's arguing that he had a good performance, a good showing. Not to say he doesn't have the skills, because we've seen him before, he has the skills. But something's going on in this fight. He just didn't look great, did he? What do you think? No, this fight was just, you know, a massive surprise. Uh, not a good one, though, because it was just boring. And and that surprised me. I, I expected a fun fight, and it... I didn't think there was any risk of this being boring, and it just wasn't. You know, um, it's it's Rakic, and he's the European guy, and he's coming over, and he's dominating the me- the American in wrestling, which you know it kind of tells you like that's not usually the thing the way things go, and and um, you know it was just Rakic to I think he just took the easiest way to victory, and he just knew I'm stronger than this guy, I can hold him down, I can dominate him, he can't move, he can't get up, that's my route to victory, and um, from Smith's side, he, he did. You know, somewhat tried to get back up, but he just couldn't. And it was just, it's one of them where, what does he do now? Because that's two on a row, and it's two in a row, really, against guys who I wouldn't necessarily say are at the top, top of the division, not yet anyway. And Glover, you know, he was a big favourite in that one. And he was an underdog in this one, but Rackett just still got a lot to prove. And even after this one, I think I think he's still got a, a couple of big wins before he, he gets a title shot. So, you know, tough loss for Smith. Brilliant for Rakic, though. He, he got out of there and he took pretty much no damage. And, you know, he goes on to bigger and better things. I agree. And I think, my my opinion, Smith's biggest issue in this fight is he's he's a good jiu-jitsu player. Like, don't get me wrong. In in straight jiu-jitsu, like pure jiu-jitsu comps, he's fantastic. If you watch him in quintet, you've seen he's got an awesome guard. And I think he relied too much on this fight and forgot it was an MMA match, right? Because it's completely different than in a jiu-jitsu comp where the other person's looking for submissions and they're looking to pass your guard. Rakic was happy to sit in his guard and land shots, you know? And so I think uh, Smith... He seemed to be pulling guard a lot. Like, even in the second round, he let himself get taken down so he could pull guard. And um, I think that was his downfall. I think he was too confident in his submission ability, and he was too comfortable on his back, and he spent too much time there. And when he was on the feet, in the first round, obviously, he got smashed and his legs got taken out. But in the second round, he was having a lot of success on the feet. But he let himself go down because he wanted to try and play his guard, and it just didn't pay off for him. And like you're saying, Rakic didn't really prove a lot in that fight because... Yeah, he got put in. He got tagged once, and I suppose he dropped Smith in the first. But outside of those two big moments, 
it was just, yeah, coasting to victory. He just sat in his garden, landed enough shots to win. So I don't see... Rakic talking about getting a title shot. I can't see that happening. I think he'll probably get the loser or... He'll probably get the loser of the title fight or the Glover Teixeira um, Santos fight. One of those losers. He's going to get a ne- higher-ranked opponent next. I saw on Twitter people were trying to match him up with Jiri Prochaska, but I don't see him doing that. Um, but he's not ready for a title shot, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't think... Um... Obviously, it's a good win. It's good for his record and things like that. He's back in the win column, but it doesn't do nothing for his standing with the UFC. You know, um, you know Dana White's not going to be giving him a title shot push after that one. And it was impressive. It was a good win. But as you said, Smith was kind of sitting. He was content a little bit to, um, you know, sit in the garden and have rackets on top. But at the same time, rackets did dominate him, keeping there when he was. He was trying it like at times. He was really trying to get up. So it's a, it's an um, double edged sword with jiu-jitsu, really, because if you're talented in it, you can pull off brilliant submissions. But more often than not, um, at the at the top top level, you're not going to be able to you know catch a triangle on someone. You know when was the last time you seen a triangle in an elite level fight? It's been a while. So it's just um. It's kind of just about, you know, getting up. And, you know, them type of guys who don't rely on jiu-jitsu seem to have the better time of, you know, just popping straight back up. If that's your main focus, then you're going to be able to do it more. So it was just a, it was just a tough night for, you know, Smith. And he's only 32, but he's he's, he's almost 50 fights in his career now. I think that was his 49th fight. So he's, he's a very experienced guy and he's took a lot. So I'm just hoping his heart's still in it because obviously he's got the the broadcast career kind of sitting on the sidelines. It's a nice cushy job and um he's obviously a thinker. We've he, he speaks a lot about how he feels. He, he's quite open book in, on that terms. Um so hopefully his heart's still in it. And from what he was saying post fight it sounds like he wants to drop to one eighty five or he's gonna try and do that, which might be a good move. Um, but as he said, he, he's almost too big for them. There's just twenty pounds in the middle where they probably could do with a different division now. Um Interesting to see what he does next. Rakic, I think um, he's going to get one of the top guys, but he needs to he needs to be better or he needs to impress more to get a title shot. Otherwise, he's going to be waiting for a while. I think. Yeah, and just to go back to what you said about um, when's the last time we've seen it, like someone said a triangle. I think it's also a size thing because you look at the smaller weight classes where they're smaller, weaker guys, like strength-wise, I guess, um, there's a lot more triangles, a lot more submissions from the guard. Whereas when you've got these big guys that are big and strong, to get pull something off from the guard is very difficult. I mean, when's the last time you heard of a heavyweight pulling a triangle off? I can't think of one off the top of my head. Unless I'm thinking about like Fedor against uh, Vudum, like years and years ago. Um, so it doesn't happen. But I don't like the move back to 85. We've seen Anthony Smith at 85. He wasn't great at 85. He wasn't a top guy at 85. Why go back there this late in your career? That doesn't make sense to me. If I'm him, I'm if I'm going to keep fighting, I'm going to stick it out at 205. He's not, he's not a, like a, a a journeyman. You know, he could still be a contender if he just gets his shit together. I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's a camp thing. But you look at the last fight. He came out there and he looked phenomenal the first couple of rounds. And uh, I think maybe that spun his head out in this one. And he was like, I can't go out there and empty the gas tank. He's come out in this one super reserved. And I mean, maybe you can't come out against Rakic the same way he did against Teixeira. But I think a little bit more action would have helped his case in this fight. And I think because of the last fight, he was a bit more concerned and reserved with his energy and didn't want to gas out, um, which could have led to his downfall as well, right? 
The problem with this is um, Smith saying he wants to, he's undersized now is that the problem is that he's beat Gustafsson and Volkan Uzdemir, which are two huge wins. So if you're undersized, you wouldn't be getting by them type of guys. You know, we've just seen Gustafsson go up to heavyweight. He's a, he's probably one of the biggest light heavyweights you can face, and he, and he dealt with him okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so to use the size excuse now, it just seems a bit, you know, it's it's nice timing. You know, obviously he's being dominated, but. He 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 knows how he feels in there, and the problem in both of these fights is he just weren't wasn't able to get the person off him. So is that a strength thing, or is that a you know a technique thing, and not knowing how to stand up? It's 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 a tricky situation. I don't necessarily want to see him go down to middleweight, um, mm. but can he compete against the top guys? If you've lost to Glover and Rakic, where do you kind of go from there? It's a tough spot because. It's all down from there, you know. He's looking someone on the fringe top ten now, and he, if if he wants to get another win and, and get back up there, and it's and it's tough in the light every division. It's you know it's lively right now. Everyone's gunning for that title. So, um, and then you come up against someone like Rakic, who's just, you know, he's a young beast and he, he's going for the title and he was a massive favourite in this. And you know, um, sometimes you know the bookmakers can be off, but they were clearly right on this one. So. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a tough spot for Smith and it's a brilliant win for Brackett. Yeah, you know, let's just see how they both play out. This is gonna be a rough one for Smith, in my opinion, because you think about it, he's already lost to Glover. He's lost to Santos at eighty five, if I'm if my memory serves me right. Um so he's not gonna get either of the fighters that win or lose that fight. He's gonna have to fight down, and I think they're gonna feed him someone like Jerry Prochaska because they try and build him up as well. So I think that's probably his next fight if I've had to put money on it. Um unless he's taking time off and then maybe he's not gonna fight him. But They'll give him someone like that or another one of these prospects. They'll try and make a name off him. I don't think they're going to give him any favors. He's not getting a higher-ranked opponent after this. Um, he's going to have to work his way back. I think he's in a bit of a Tyron Woodley situation. I guess Tyron's fighting Covington, so that's not right. But, you know, they're going to make it a hard road for him to get back to a title show is what I'm saying. So does he really want to stick that out? Does he have it in him to stick that out? I, I don't know. And like you brought up like initially... He has that broadcasting career. He's fantastic at it. And, you know, he could just transition to that full time and not worry about fighting. And he'd be probably quite happy money-wise and whatever. But does he want to fight? Because if he wants to fight, he's going to make some changes. Yeah, and it is it is that now. And, he, you know, as I said, it's it's nearly 50 fights into a career. You know, he's 32, but he, he's old in the fight game. You know, we've said it before with, you know, Jolzy Aldo and people like that. You think they're much older because they've been around for so much longer. And you look at the records and... He hasn't had it all his own way. I think it's, you know, it, it's about even, well, not even, but for every two wins, he's had a loss. So he, it's not like he's had an a easy career. He's been taking damage for many years. And, and um, yeah, it's just, it's just as he said in his um, interview post-fight, it's time for a big change. So it's either make a move, bulk up for light heavyweight, go and hit the gym, like get on the weights or drop down to middleweight or just you know, call it a career, but he seems like he wants to carry on fighting. It's just about where and how, and I think, as you said, the Jerry the fight is, is a favourable one, just because Jerry will stand up with him. I think he'll try and knock him out, mm-hmm. and he's quite hittable as well, so that could be one where, you know, one big win, one big knockout, and it, it turns his career back around, so, and it, I think that's been the story of his career, Smith. He's always, you know, he's had highs and lows, and he's able to flip it, and, he, you know, don't count him out in this, you know, tough situation, because, he can probably and probably will turn it round, but it is a tough spot. I agree. Well, we'll move on from that one. I think we've spoken about that enough. Another person who might be near the end of their career, Robbie Lawler, takes on Neil Magny. I thought Lawler was going to come out here a killer. I thought he was going to show us the Lawler of old. 
he was not that at all. He was very reserved. Wasn't didn't do a lot. He shot a takedown in the first round for some reason that surprised me. I don't know. He hit him good too before that. He was tagging him and then he shot on him and it just went downhill from there. Magny's so much longer and so much bigger and he managed to just dominate the grappling exchanges, keep him in the clinch. Even on the feet later in the fight, he was landing and Lawler wasn't really doing a lot. Um, bit of the Tyron Woodley problem from his last couple of fights where he's looking for that big shot, hasn't been able to land it. But I don't know. I don't know what Lula does. I don't know what he wants to do, obviously. I'm sure the UFC keep him around. He's been a champion. He's still a big name. But do you really want to fight anymore if this is where your career is going? What do you think? Well, first off, Neil Magny just made it look easy. He, he just had his way with Robbie. He did whatever he wanted. He, he he dominated the wrestling exchanges. Towards the end, he was popping jobs out and just, you know, just having fun with it, really. It was, it was pretty much a... Uh, a glorified sparring session for me. There weren't really any real danger from Robbie. And he deserves credit because it's the biggest win of his career, but I feel like he's not going to get it because clearly that was a faded Robbie Lawler. It was like it weren't Robbie Lawler of old. And um, he was he was being aggressive with his body language. He was moving forward, but when he got into range, he was gun shy and he weren't throwing. And, you know, that's just a sign of a fighter who's past his best, you know, maybe over the, like ready to, ready to retire. The problem now is, does he want to retire off the back of four losses? Can the UFC, you know, find him a, a good dancing partner who will stand and bang with him, and you know maybe that'll bring out the aggression in him, or does he does he carry on? I, it's such a tough spot now because he's too he's almost too good to be retiring off the back of four losses. Mm. But then, do you want to end up being BJ Penn and just Eight losses. getting battered <laughs> by everyone? You you know, so yeah, it, it, it's up to him, but. I'm sure he knows that's not him. And as Corner was saying throughout the fight, you need to throw, you need to, you need to go. And it's sometimes it's just not there anymore. And he got he clearly was, you know, just holding that hand, but he were throwing it. And uh, as a fan, it's frustrating because I picked him to win, and if he was at his best, but clearly he was nowhere near his best. And Neil Magny just did what he wants, and he and he goes on. But that was a winnable fight for Robbie Lawler. He, Neil Magny's ranked 14th, I think. So it's not like he's one of the best, like top top guys in the world. That weren't Kobe Covington or someone like that. It was someone a little lower down who struggled in his last fights against Rocco Martin. So where does Lawler go, and how far down does he go to try and get a win? It's it's you know tough spots, but Magny, all credit to him. Hopefully he gets a big fight. Um, I don't think he's gonna get the credit for this one. Hopefully he gets a big fight, wins that, and then gets some credit because um, he does deserve it. It was a good performance. Yeah, I don't want to take away from Magny in this one because he did look good, especially if you put it in contrast with his last fight, which he didn't look too great in. Um, whether that was because of the opponent he was fighting or the style of fight he had to fight there, wasn't an entertaining fight, wasn't a great performance. You look at him in this one, just domination from start to finish. Wasn't really. There was one moment in that first round he got tagged where I was like, oh, maybe Lawler can put this together. I was wrong. He shot in. But anyway... Uh, Magni looked fantastic. He'll get a bigger fight off this. I still want to see him fight Jeff Neal. Book that one again. That's the one. But I can't see that happening. I think he'll ask for a top 10 guy, and I think he'll get it. Maybe. Who's top 10? Chesser? Nah. Yeah, that's that's one that could happen. Someone like that, you know. I can't imagine him fighting Jeff Neal after this win here, uh, which is a shame. And for Lawler, I'd love to see him knock out Mike Perry and then call it a See, that's a good match, and that's a good, good. You know, you just. I feel like you just need someone to stand and bang with him, and just you know, take out the wrestling. Like obviously, you know, it's MMA, but you know, for his final fight, you want someone who's 
you know, just gonna trade them and try and knock him out because he's obviously he's he's past his best and he is knockoutable. But Perry Perry wrestles his way to victory last time, so maybe not Perry. <laughs> I don't I don't know. But there's um, there's some fairy fights down there, and I'd like to see him get a win before he before he rides off in you know to the sunset because he's had a brilliant career. And to to end it on four losses would be a shame. Um, but as I said earlier, to end it on eight losses and BB, BJ Penn is even more of a shame. So it's up to him how how much he thinks he's got left in there because I'm sure he's even frustrated with himself that he's in range and he'd usually be knocking people out from that range and he just weren't throwing it. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it does, there's big decisions to be made for Robbie Lawler now and for the UFC brass because they've got to match Neil Magny and... Um, you know, he's on a run now and he's he's one of the top guys. So, you know, hopefully he gets a, good, a big fight. Yeah, I still want that Jeff Deal fight. Come on. It was such a good fight and then it fell out like, well, I know he was like really sick. So, I, I mean, there's no, no, I'm not trying to throw shade on Jeff Neal for the fight falling out, but it was so close to greatness. And this was still meant to be on paper, a fantastic fight. It was meant to be a very similar fight, um, but it just wasn't. I think we'll see a similar fight as this one if Neil and Magny fight, but it will will be more entertaining because Jeff Neil isn't going to not throw. He's going to come at you and he's going to throw volume. Hopefully, hopefully I don't get a repeat of this if it happens because that would make me sound like a hypocrite, wouldn't it? But that's the one I want. Anyway, we'll jump onto the fight before it, which was a women's flyweight bout between Ji Young Kim and Alexa Grasso. Probably one of the least entertaining fights of the evening, in my opinion. It wasn't, wasn't the best. Um... Alexi Grasso dominated the striking exchanges and won the fight. That's pretty much it. She looked really good. She um she just it was just about levels this one, I think. I think Grasso just had a bit more she, she just had more to the game. She was hit, hitting upstairs, downstairs, she was varying things in, she was um added a bit of wrestling in with her. Kim just kinda had that power punch. She was just kinda trying to get that big counter and she didn't really ever change the game and then as the fight progressed, Grasso actually became the power puncher herself. She was sitting down on things. She was throwing Superman punches. It was, you know, a really good flyweight debut. I think um, it's getting it's getting really interesting this division now. It's um, we've just added Cynthia Calvillo, um, you know, Jennifer Myers just emerged as the next title contender. I'm here, and um, Caitlin Chikugian is is going to get matched against Jessica Andrade, which is an interesting fight. So, um, that it's. A good performance from Grasso. She just she gets herself a ranking and she goes on to bigger and better things. Kim, no, she she looked one dimensional. She looked like she just had a big punch and she did have a big punch, but um, you need more against people like Grasso and and um, she'll come back hopefully, Kim. And when they were exchanging, they were both landing big shots and like you could hear the power behind Kim's shots. Um, same with Grasso, and it looked to me that Kim's shots were having more effect when they were exchanging. But Grasso was just landing more, and she was landing better shots, um, even though they weren't as powerful and effective, I guess. She was just landing more, and she definitely won the fight. There's no controversy here. Um, and yeah, like you said, she mixed in some wrestling towards the end of the fight from memory. And so, you know, good showcase from her, but it just wasn't a very entertaining fight, in my opinion, anyway. No, it was pretty It was pretty one-sided, but in terms of debut goals in a new division, she can't really do much more other than get the finish. And as the fight was progressing, she was sitting down on the punches and they were getting, like, Kim was the power puncher, but as the fight went on, I was thinking if anyone was going to, you know, maybe land a big a big shot, it was going to be Grasso because she was really getting into a groove and um, landing big shots. So it's, you know, she, onwards and upwards, you know, she's got a lot of work to do still, but that was a nice little debut and she'll, she'll crack on now. 
You're not wrong. We'll jump on to another debut from, I think it was a debut. I hope I'm right. Um, Bill Al- <laughs> Bill Algio versus Ricardo Lamas. You're debuting against Ricardo Lamas. Something's gone wrong because that's a huge jump in competition. <laughs> and uh, he looked fantastic. I know he lost, but he looked really good. I didn't think he would look good in this fight. And he looked fantastic. And Lamas obviously won. And it was pretty dominant in that third round. That gave it all away. The third round, Lamas went out there and just dominated. But... You know, the first two rounds were very close. What do you think? Yeah, I just thought it was a brilliant fight, and I think that's maybe why you didn't enjoy the Grasso Kim fight so much because yeah. this was absolute war, and then you, that was a little bit tamer. So it was a brilliant fight. It was so much more competitive than I expected it to be, and maybe than it should have been because, as you said, Lamas is a top contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aljo is not. You know, he's nowhere near that. So um, he, he did well to pull out the bag, Lamas, but he was just. Um, it was such a fun fight and it was almost too fun because he should have been dealing with Aljo much, much easier. Mm. And he had a tough time and then we hear him post-fight speaking about potentially retiring. So I think that might be a good move now at 38 and, you know, struggling with people like Aljo. He's out the rankings. What does read back to, to a title shot? It's, mm. you know, it's tough for Lamas now, but Aljo, he's, um, even off a loss, he's made a nice impression. He, you know, he's, he's, hung well with someone really good. He was big, tall, he was strong. He, he was, He's going to be a tough night's work for anyone. So, um, yeah, really good fight. Obviously, fighting night. I didn't see the official, who officially got it, but I guess it was these it guys. Was. It was it was great. Yeah, it was this fight, the fight of the night. And, you know, going into this, I was pretty cut. I was cut on a lot of these fights, actually, because Jeff Neal's one of my favorite fighters. Ryan Hall's another favorite fighter, and they both got cut from the card for injuries, like, weeks before. And so when Ryan Hall was off, I was kind of lost interest in this fight. I was like, ah, oh, they're giving him a replacement. Going to be a short-notice guy. He's going to go in there and get smashed. Wasn't the case. Awesome fight. Lama's talking about retiring. I don't know. He's still really good, you know. But he's 38. You know, he's unranked. I think he will be ranked after this because Ryan Hall was 12 or something now Some by some miracle, even though he was 14 and hasn't fought. But that's the rankings. Um so I think Lamas, is, if he's not going to be ranked, he'll be one win away and they'll give him a ranked guy. I reckon they could probably just rebook the Ryan Hall fight if they want to do that. If they don't want to do that, they could give him anyone else in the top 15 that's not matched up. And if he wins, he's only three or four fights from a title. Does he have it in him? I don't know. Clearly not. If you're talking about retiring, you're probably not fully set on making a run at the title. But I hope he doesn't. I like him. Yeah, I think he, he might want one more, you know, crack at the top 15 just to, like, kind of prove his level. But it just depends how he feels about his performance last night because, by all accounts, he, that many expected it to be a really straightforward fight for Lamas. And it, it was anything but. It was a really tough fight. But he pulled out the bag in the, in the end and he's still got heart. He's still got talent. He's still got all the things you need. So he's not wanting someone where, like Robbie Lawler where I'm, I'm worried about him going on at any fight losing streak or something like that. Yeah. He's he's just maybe a shade, like a little smidge off where he needs to be to compete at the top, top level. But I still feel like he could take out guys in the top 15, um, maybe the top 10, probably not the top five right now. And that's probably what he wants to do. So it's up, it's up to him. But there's decisions to be made for a lot of people on this card and he's, he's one of them. Yeah, I think we'll jump on to the fight that opened the main card between Ayan Kudalaba and Magomed Ankalaev. Uh, what do you think of that fight? Uh, same as every time. It's just <laughs> it's just so, it's so disappointing, and I just feel like the UFC are trying to rush it now. Like obviously, just give him a month, you know, to get. Like it, it might even be a fault positive. He might not even yeah. have coronavirus anymore. But obviously, if you've had it, 
just giving them a little while and just, they're just trying to do things too quick and um, I think both men are really keen but how many cancellations is that now like it's it's getting ridiculous mm. and it's just this fight just seems to get bigger and bigger because they're going to keep trying to rebook it and eventually it's going to happen big time event yeah it's it's just it's just um, ridiculous but it's not it's it's ridiculous but I went that surprised like it, it, I was just waiting for that fight to fall off all week I was waiting for someone to test positive it was just obvious so it's just so disappointing and Hopefully the UFC learn the lesson and you know give it a couple a couple months or a month at least and then rebook it again. Funniest thing was when we were doing the preview show and you were saying, "Oh, I can't wait to see this one, so we don't have to talk about it again. It's finally done." And then oh. it goes in and falls out. <laughs> it's so, it's so ridiculous because it's not it's not like this is Khabib-Tonian where everyone's yeah. excited to see this fight. This is a a fight that's become exciting because of the controversial ending and every like everyone and then the cancellations on top of it. It's more of a situation. The actual fight itself. Um, you know, a few months ago, if you stuck that on an undercard, I wouldn't be particularly interested in it. Yeah. So it's just one of them that we we'll have to talk about again. And finally, when it gets done, um, I think both men will be relieved. But mm. Uncle I've got to feel like because it's Kutalab who's tested positive twice now. So is it? Is that confirmed? He might just be. I, th- I think it, no. He, he tested positive the first, yeah, the first time, time. Didn't he? and he and last night. Really? And last night it was him. Yeah, it was him. So um, I think. I think Anne Claire might just want to move on now and just be like, okay, clearly it's it's not meant to be. I'm ready to fight. They need to have backup fighters for Anne Claire because every time Kutalab has fallen out, he's fallen out as well. So um, I'm not sure how it's working with pay and things like that, but it was just, it's a, it's just a sad one. And this card, as we were saying, it was so strong and it just took so many hits. And yeah. that's the times we were in, but it was still a good card. It was still fun, but it could have been so much more. And um, it's it always sucks to lose you know, a big fight on the night of the, of the event. So hopefully to get that book soon, not too soon. That's so weird if it's the same person that tests positive. How do you test positive two weeks ago, quarantine for two weeks, get rid of it, test clear all week, and then the day before the fight, you test again. Super weird. I don't really want to get into what happened because I have no clue. I don't know if it was his team or him. So we'll jump onto some of the prelims. And one of the better prelims was the feature prelim between Maki Patolo and Impa Gas... Impa, I'm not going to try that. I can't say that. Um, great fight. Both guys are just throwing bombs. Marky Patolo can take a punch. Jesus Christ, man. He was just getting smashed, and he just looked, he's walked it down, you know? He obviously lost the fight. It was a clear loss, but I, his stock goes up for me because he looks so durable. What did you think? It was a good fight. I thought um, Impa, probably, he was winging for the, the finish, so I don't know how he didn't get it. It was like, Patolo was like one of them you know, boxing things where they just bop, bop back and forward and every time he get hit, he just comes straight back. So it's just, he's just an immovable object and um, he, he showed his toughness, but I think that's a few in a row now. Mm. He lost to Darren Stewart, I think. Yeah, Darren, so that's two in a, low, um, in a row, both in August as well. So yeah, hopefully he takes a bit of time off, get, you know, get himself back together and then can come and get a win because that, that was a tough loss. The Darren Stewart one was a tough loss. So, um, but yeah, very impressive. How are we saying this? Kasangne. That'll do. Impa Kasangne. <laughs> I'm going with that. So he looked impressive. Was that his UFC debut? Yeah, uh, I think it was. Yeah, he won on the Contender Series like a couple of weeks ago back. Yeah, so I, I love it. He just looked like he was trying to take someone, someone's head off. He's Yeah, he's 8-0. And, and he's just gone through the, the Contender Series. It's very surprising because the amount of lever he was throwing with... He has a lot of decisions on his record. He hasn't had a knockout since 
I don't know, ever. Is it ever? I haven't looked at his record. I don't think he. I don't think he's got a knockout really? on his record. That's crazy. Uh, which, yeah, which is very, which is very surprising because he was clearly like a very powerful man. So, mm. um, but he was thrown with it as like everything he had, weren't he? So maybe there's there's still stuff to work on there. Where you know, being a bit smarter and he's just not trying to take people's heads off. You know, take a little bit off the punch and you might get a better result. So, but he, he's an exciting guy. He's he's someone to watch. I think in that middleweight division, um, great addition. And um, Mark uh, Patolo in your debut. It's a good win. It's a really good win, you know. And he'll, he'll only go from there. So, looking forward to watching his rise. Patolo, hopefully he has a little break now. Comes back, gets a win and um, gets himself back in the mix. Yeah, we'll keep skimming through his prelims. And before that, we had Alessio Di Chirico versus Zach Cummings. The only thing I want to talk about this fight, because it wasn't the best fight, to be honest. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't a great fight. Until right at the end, on the bell... I think he hit him with a head kick and dropped him. And he gets up and he can barely walk. And he still won the decision, so it was good. But, like, how's the ref not called that? It was in regulation time. He was clearly done. He couldn't walk after. That should have been a knockout. It's weird. It, even when the bell go, like, sounds, if the fight's still on the floor and unable to get back up and go back to his corner for the end of the fight, or, you know, it's it usually they call it after the fight, or so just say, no, no, you're done. So, um, luckily for Zach, it was... Um, no, it didn't really affect the outcome, and he got a good decision win. And it was um, he's just one of them guys that comes who just always seems to be about and always picking up wins. And you know he's he's yeah he's just he's a tough night to work for anyone. And you know he's back at middleweight now. I think so. He's, he's I think he's won three of his last four. Um, you know, good good luck to him because he he he'll, he seems to be about. He doesn't seem to be ever threatening to crack the top 10 or anything like that, but he's a tough night to work for anyone, and um, he keeps picking up these wins. Yeah, for sure. We'll keep going down. Alex Caceres took that short notice fight against Austin Springer and uh, choked him out in the first and did it fantastic. He looked phenomenal. He looked the best he's ever looked, in my opinion. I've only seen probably like four of his fights, but I've not seen him look this good. And, you know, yeah, impressive stuff. What did you think? Yeah, it was. it was... It was pretty easy, I'd say, for Caceres. I think, um, as we we've said a few times, when when you come in on late notice, it can go this way. You know, it's you can just get wiped out by a, a guy who's better prepared and you know probably more talented than you. And Caceres, that's three in a row now for him, which is it's rare for him in his UFC career. It's um, and it was huge, and he seemed to catch him on the way in because the the takedown attempt from Springer was a bit limp it was there weren't much to it and then he hopped over to the back really easy so I imagine he caught him with something on the way in and um, that, that was game over from there he, he got choked out and even though he tapped he seemed to go asleep as well so um, tough debut for Springer for stepping up on late notice hopefully he gets another chance and Alex Caceres he's what what do you do with him now because um, that's three in a row he beat Chase Hooper last time out so it's um Maybe it's time to edge him towards the rankings and see how he does. You know, he's clearly coming into his own now. He's, I think he's he's still quite young too. Um, so yeah, I'm always excited to watch Alex Caceres. I've been a fan since the Ultimate Fighter days. He's been a frustrating guy to watch because he always seems to win one, lose one, or his talent isn't really matched by his results. I feel like he's so much better than his record suggests. Um, so looking forward to them stepping up in competition. Maybe he's hitting his peak now and we can see him, you know, maybe take a run at the rankings. 
Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, you could even give him Ricardo Lamas if he wants the last fight before he calls it a day. They're probably about the same spot in the rankings right now, right on the edge of the 15. But yeah, he looked good. He'll get something big next, ideally. Um, but yeah, before that, we had Sean Brady submitting Kristen Aguilera with a one-armed guillotine from Mount in the second round. Impressive submission. This was on that streak of submission that was four fights long, and this is when I thought the card was going to be absolutely fire. I was like, it's going to be the best card. And after that uh, Caceres fight, every other fight was just a decision. But we're not going to go into that again. Great performance by Brady. I didn't think Aguilera looked bad either, and until he got submitted, he looked pretty good too. So both guys, in my opinion... Had good performances. Yeah, he did. And that, that's unbeaten record. No, that's 13 and 0. And he's got guys like Court McGee and Christina Aguilera and Colton Smith on there as well. So good good record. One to watch out for now. It's um maybe it's time to step him up. But it's just um I think he he was saying after the fight he wants a big name now, and I think he deserves it. Um let's get him some recognition and Christian Aguilera. He looked good. He I think he looked good in his last fight as well. He, he's I don't worry about him too much. He'll be back. And it was just, you know, one of them nights where you come up against someone like Sean Brady who's, you know, flying right now. And, um, yeah, good win for Sean Brady. Christian Aguilera, he'll be back. Yeah, I mean, he's undefeated for a reason, right? But we'll we'll run them all off. We'll go back to... We'll do the whole card. Um, so before that, we had Pollyanna Viana versus Emily Whitmere. Short fight. Viana proved that she's the superior grappler in this one. And, yeah, pulled off a submission... I can't remember for life me what it was. I think it was an armbar. Am I right on that one? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, impressive stuff. Yeah, and it was. It was. It was on so quick. It was Emily Whitmer. I was tapping before it even seemed like it. Mm-hmm. She didn't really have to work for it. As soon as it was on, boom, she got the tap. So really great, and that's that's snapping a three like uh, win streak for Pollyanna Viana. So she, um, she's back at strawberry. She looked good. Yeah, on to the next one. Hopefully she can, you know, stay throwaway. It's obviously flyweight win for her. Um, if she's losing to people like, you know, Hannah Cyphers and, and people like that. So the, the the names she was losing to weren't huge. And she's probably a bit lucky to still be in the UFC after going on that three-fight losing streak. It's just um, we do need these these women to, you know, fill out these divisions. And that was a huge win. So, um, yeah, can't wait to see it again. And Emily Whitmire, I'm not sure where she goes from here. Yeah. Because um, her record's four and four now. and. Mm. What obviously she's fighting the top top girls and but in my opinion, looking at her record, she hasn't been able to beat any of the top girls. Yeah, she she's lost to them all. She's been sub by them all. So it's a tough spot for her. What do you do with her? It's only a two fight losing streak. I'm sure she'll get another chance. Um, and I'm sure we'll watch. Yeah, hopefully she does. Um, but yeah, I think. This one was such a short fight. You can't really take a lot out of it other than she got submitted. And, I mean, that submission was cool. From memory, I'm trying to think of it now. She was attacking the the close... Well, she set it up so she was attacking the close arm. And then she switched to the firearm, which is the one she actually submitted with the armbar on, if I'm right. Um, so, technical stuff. Look good doing it. Hopefully, she stays on this winning streak. Uh, speaking of Hannah Cyphers, opening the card. Hannah Cyphers, fourth fight this year. Uh, that's a red flag for me already. If you're having four fights this year and you've gone 0-3, you should probably take some time off before your fourth one. But she was back in there, and then she looked really good in that first round. She looked phenomenal. She was sparked Martin up. It looked like she was going to close the show in that first round. I was like, she can turn this around? Go 1-3 and three for like this, the year. Um, but unfortunately for her, second round rolls around. Martin comes out, takes her down, submits her. What can you do? What do you think? She's just had a tough run, hasn't she? Like... 
to take four fights when you're losing three, I I just don't understand the thinking really. She's almost too game for her own good. Like, um, you know, as impressive as Mira, Maria Agapova lost, uh, looked, she went on to get beat by Shauna Dobson. So that takes a bit of shine off that defeat as well. Like, it's not even like she was up against one of the top girls at flyweight because clearly Agapova's got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Then you run into girls like Mackenzie Dan and Angela Hill. Fair enough, you get the they're top of the the food chain girls, but the last two. She, she was doing well as well, so it's just frustrating. And hopefully she gets another another shot, but like it's it's four and about what do you do what do you do with her? I'm not sure where she goes from here. She looked she looked good for a little bit, but then ultimately she lost, so it's a it's a tough spot. But for for Martin, she she'll be delighted because that's you know, a huge win, maybe maybe one of the biggest wins of her career. Mm. And she got a little bonus at the end as well. So it was the perfect night for her and she she goes on and She's one to watch in strawweight division now, but Hannah Cyphers is in a, a a weird spot where what happens now, I'm not sure. I agree, and that'll do the card. Roll through all the fights. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up? No, I don't think so. No, well, we'll go through the news when we preview the next card, which is the uh, Sakai vs. Overeem one next, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so we'll do that later on in the week. Uh, but until then, thanks for watching, guys, and we'll speak to you then.